Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to what promises to be yet another truly delightful episode of the Legal Toolkit on Legal Talk Network. And if the lead up to this program, the conversations I had with today's guest, is any indication of the podcast, it should be truly, truly delightful. If you're looking for the Yellow King, you should check Carcosa. If you're not, and if you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. If your favorite little rascal is Spanky, this is a podcast for you. As always, I'm your host, Jared Correa, and in addition to casting this pod, I am the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegal.com. I'm also the COO of Gideon Software, Inc., which offers chatbots and predictive analytics built specifically for law firms. Find out more at www.gideon.legal. You can also listen to my other, other podcast. Yes, I have another one. It's called The Lobby List, and it's a family travel show I host with my wife, Jessica, on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and comment. But here on The Legal Toolkit, we provide you twice each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to talk all about how to build a data-driven law firm. But before I introduce today's guest, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-1 or online at www.answerone.com. That's www.answer1.com. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. We would like to thank our sponsor, Thomson Reuters Firm Central, cloud-based legal practice management that streamlines your day and automates non-billable administrative tasks so you can accomplish more with less. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers. Providing solutions since 1999, TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms big and small, www.timesolve.com. Without the E, T I M E S O L V dot com. Our guest today is the irrepressible Mary Judden. Mary is the founder and CEO of Tracklight, the only self guided software platform that creates custom intellectual property, IP strategy, and assesses business risk. Mary is the principal attorney at Judden Law and is of counsel to Nimbus Law. In 2015, she co founded Evolve Law to accelerate the adoption of technology within the legal industry. She's also a Legal Shield access advocate, and Mary's latest book is called The Business of Legal, The Data-Driven Law Practice, which will be the subject of our conversation today. So welcome to the show, Mary. Again, you're back. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jared. Oh, it's always great to have you on the show. So you travel a lot, so I wanted to play a little game with you. What state or country are you in right now, and what is its official bird? Well, today it's kind of boring. I'm actually in the United States. I'm in Arizona and I'm at our home in Phoenix. And our state bird is the cactus wren, the little known wren. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I, I never knew there was such a thing as a cactus wren. See, I thought it was roadrunner, but I was informed that roadrunner is actually the state bird of New Mexico. 
That I did not know. (laughs) (laughs) We're learning so much here today. I'm kind of disappointed. I was hoping you'd be in some foreign country today, but that's all right. The next time we do this show, I'll ask you the same question. Okay, deal. And you've also got like a bunch of things you're working on. I feel like you're the only person I know who's working on more things than I am at any given time. So can I ask you, what is the most exciting thing you're doing right now? Well, yes, I I have started out in 2019 trying to remove some of the things that I'm doing. So far, no success there. But Makes for a better bio. (laughs) It does. Makes for a long bio. (laughs) I'm most excited. It's kind of a tie. I'm most excited to be working in the legal space. Last year, I started working with Nimbus Legal, and Mm -hmm. we're this outsourced in-house counsel. And It's really interesting. It's a subscription model, but what's the most interesting about it is that you are not just kind of like, hey, throwing, you know, assignments aren't thrown over a wall at you. You're, you become a member of the client's team. So they don't view you as like, you know, the office of no, um, more as how can you help them do things faster? So some of the projects that I've been working on are, you know, making the client experience faster for a SaaS company by having a better process and, you know, coming up with the T's and C's, coming up with contracts that enable people to do, um, to do more. And the tie is that I'm, you know, as you mentioned, I run Tracklight and We've really seen that TrackWhite was a bit ahead of its time because what it does is it, as you mentioned, it creates this IP strategy, it flags risks to do with your business, and it provides education for the small businesses. However, it actually provides data and information on leads and potential work that can be done by attorneys and also by uh, companies. So we're working on our own white label projects with companies like Paychex. And um, so I'm really excited about that because I really believe in closing this education gap because part of the reason people don't go to attorneys, particularly small businesses, is that they're afraid of the cost, but they also don't even realize they need to go. Yeah, yep, absolutely. That's true. All right. That, that's So you willed it down to two. I'm impressed. So <laughs> can we talk a little bit about your book? Sure. As I'm sure you're asked this all the time. You're like the Ernest Hemingway of data in the legal industry. Um, so your new book is called Small Firm KPIs. No, no. Sorry. Your old book is called Small Law Firm KPIs, How to Measure Your Way to Greater Profits. And your new book is called The Business of Legal, The Data-Driven Law Practice. So how are those distinguishable? Is the new book a replacement of the old book? Is it an extension of the old book? How does this work in the nexus of the Mary Judden catalog? <laughs> well, that's the entire Mary Judden catalog. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's still extensive. Stay tuned. Um, <laughs> but I promise there won't be another book on metrics or KPIs. So after I wrote the first book, I had a lot of attorneys come up to me and say, hey, can you implement this for me? And my response was, no, actually, I wrote this so that you could implement it yourself. And, you know, so the first one really was like a handbook 
almost like a text that could replace a consultant or actually some of the audience has been people who buy the book and then write me and say, this is going to be great and I'll use it with my clients. And, you know, I have had some people say to me, Mm. well, wait, they're stealing your stuff. And it's like, no, I mean, I would want to share this information. The formulas for all of the calculations are in the book. The idea is go forth and you know, measure. Uh, that's, nice, not yes. an, that's not. Presumably, an, they bought the book in the first place. They're not technically yes. stealing, right? Correct. So I got a lot of questions around where to start. How do I do this? Can you do this for me? And a few questions around. Hey, there's nothing in here really on compensation. So the second book, I really got the idea to write it when I was at TBD Law, and, and that's, that's a lawyer's that, thing, right? Yeah, it's a lawyer's thing. And when I was there, they were using all these business books, which are great business books, don't get me wrong, but they're filled with jargon and lingo. So ah, I thought- the worst. Yeah. So I thought, I'll write a book where I make a promise at the beginning that there's no jargon, and it's going to lay out how lawyers can actually take data- improve their processes, and along the way, create metrics. So there are metrics in it, and it refers to the first book. So it's more like a companion book. But it's really, I use stories to illustrate how to do it. And it, again, you can do this yourself, or you can hand it to somebody to help you. But I really wanted it to be super simple. And I also wanted it to be super affordable, because as those of you on Twitter know, the first book's price is set by the publisher, Thomson Reuters. And so this second book is on Amazon. So you can get just a Kindle version. Oh, you self-publish this bad boy? Yes. Oh, nice. Um, Okay. Yeah. So it's cheaper. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Much cheaper. And then you can even get a hard copy of it and it's pretty. um, Oh, that's nice. It's under $25. For display purposes. Yes, if you want to write on it, because I actually had uh, some of the the people that helped me, specifically Jordan uh, Couch from Palace Law, he mm-hmm. went through it and he's like, you have to have a hard copy. I want a hard copy. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, seems and, about right. Yeah. Jordan and seems like the type of guy I'd want a hard copy. Yeah. And it's when, uh, when you say self-publish... <laughs> That means I paid somebody to do the self-publishing. Oh, yes, um, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but they That's what did, I meant. Yeah, they did a great job. And it's really, it's not much more to just say, hey, let's create this hard copy version. And I tested out the process. And of course, Amazon does an amazing job. It just shows up at your house. So oh, there cool. you go. Hard copy books are like a lost art. And the last, I remember once that during the like iPad craze, which is currently ongoing, I'll sometimes bring like a real book through like airport security. And they're <laughs> always like, what is this? <laughs> like, it's a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because my son is 22 and he prefers like the casual reading that he does. He yeah. prefers a hard copy book. Good for him. Yeah. I like you. There is some hope. <laughs> There's Thank an God. old soul every every <laughs> few people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about like something you just addressed. And I think I know the answer to this, but let's make sure. So so how should lawyers begin to implement metrics in like a perfect world? Should they hire consultants? Should they just change their processes on their own? Should they just read more books? Or should they do a combination of these things? I think the first thing they should do is figure out why they would want to do anything they're doing. So 
I find with lawyers, they like to read a lot of things. They don't necessarily want to talk to other lawyers about what they're doing. Uh, and that can be a great <laughs> yes. way to find out what's going on. But ultimately, it's very personal. You have to decide what's your pain point. One lawyer might be sitting here saying, I have no clients. And another lawyer might be saying, I have too many clients and I can't get this work done properly, or I can't collect from these clients. It's all over the place. So you should really start with your own internal inventory of what's going on in your firm. And you don't need mm -hmm. to hire consultants right away, but you need to figure out, and in, in this is something that I've written about a lot, you need to figure out what you're going to do yourself as an attorney, yeah. like what is your skill set versus what you should delegate? So, excellent. All right, that's a good answer. I think that's kind of the it depends answer, but I like it. I can roll with that. <laughs> I decided not to lead. Answer. I did not lead <laughs> with that. <laughs> All right. So the analytics are telling me that I need to take a short break. So here are some things you should buy. Firm Central cloud-based legal practice management software for solo and small firms provides a single online location for all of the tools you need to manage client files and perform client work and offers unrivaled integration with Westlaw. With Firm Central, you can securely store and organize documents and case files, manage time tracking and billables, and collaborate with clients through a secure client portal from anywhere there is an internet connection. Do you feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours to attract new cases and to grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and to generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. All right, thanks for staying put. I'm going to pour myself a Bailey's on the Rocks and continue this podcast because I'm here for you. I'm also here talking with Mary Jutton of Tracklight, and we're all here to discuss the data-driven law firm. So, Mary, you have a saying which goes something like this, data before decision, process before purchase. In addition to alliterating extremely well, what does that mean? <laughs> well, thank you for the... The compliment. Um, I appreciate the poetry. In it. <laughs> it makes it easy to remember when I yeah. when I'm doing a show like this or or teaching <laughs> uh, around this topic. So the thing is that I have seen, and this is how I got into the metrics in the first place and the KPIs was as I was going to lawyers and explaining to them, hey, you should use Tracklight because you can put it on your website, like I have it on Jutton Law, and you can capture people's information and you can get some data, you can get some idea, um, triage, whatever you want to call it, before a client comes to see you. So I would, you know, that was my sales pitch. And in, initially, I would be like, hearing things like, you know, well, it's too expensive. And, you know, so it got into the cost of customer acquisition and all of this type of stuff. But what I found was I had attorneys buy it and then never use it. And when I would dig deeper <laughs> in it, into it, you know, I just created shelfware because they weren't willing to change their process. They had yeah. just seen me speak, heard about the company. So like, we're all human. Um, lawyers are humans. Um, so, is, that, is that so? <laughs> for now. We're both um, lawyers. We're both human. <laughs> so, so, you know, you hear about something that somebody else is using, or you see something cool, 
And you're like, I want to adopt that. So what this saying is supposed to mean is like, check out your data. Do you really need whatever software or whatever idea you're going to to buy? And before you purchase anything, you should basically do a review. It doesn't have to be hiring a consultant. You can do it as simply as taking some post-its, going up to a wall and mapping out your process, and then see whether the technology fits. What are you going to have to change? And, you know, it's it's kind of like the idea that you wouldn't just go into a house and you know you want to change the color on the wall and just paint over it. You would first look and say, <laughs> hey, do I have to like, is there things that need repairing, things that need sanding? Because otherwise you're just going to cover up mistakes. Yeah, very good analogy. I like how you work that in. Thank you. Well played. <laughs> All right, let's go down this path a little bit on this technology question because data often links to technology these days. This is an ongoing debate that I want your opinion on. And I don't know if I'm, I'm going to offer my own opinion on this. Should lawyers code? And ostensibly, I think what that means when most people say it is, should lawyers build their own software? Or law firms, I should say. So you're not going to chime in? I'm I can if you'd like. <laughs> Why don't you say something and I'll tell you whether I agree. Okay. So <laughs> That's unfair. I will respond. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Go. Okay. Um, My opinion is that any lawyer that wants to code should learn to code, but they don't need to learn to code because I just think it gets back to this whole idea of what are you good at? If you're a lawyer who's really good at coding, and I've met several of them, and they do cool things on their websites, and they, you know, provide feedback to vendors, and they are beta testers for things, and then they build, you know, their own databases of information. That's great. As long as you keep in mind, I could be billing instead and earning this much, or I could pay somebody else to do this. Now, if you are somebody who already knows how to code, it might be more cost effective for you to just do it yourself. However, this notion that people have to go out and code and that's the only way that you're going to be able to adopt technology, I I think that's completely incorrect. Yes. Yes. All right. I feel like I'm interviewing myself now, but I'm going to I'll say something because I only think it's fair. I think the whole lawyer's coding thing is stupid, frankly. Because <laughs> I was trying like, to be more diplomatic. <laughs> if I'm a law firm, like I'm not going to be dinking around with building software. Like I'm going to be practicing law because that's where I'm going to make the most money. And that's like that's like my opinion on it. Like I have conversations like this with big firm attorneys, small firm attorneys. Like you're a lawyer, go make money doing that. That's where you're going to get paid the most, and just buy software because it's reasonably cost effective these days. That's my opinion. <laughs> Well, yeah. And there was one other thing I wanted to add is this idea that almost every lawyer thinks that their practice is so unique that they need to build their own software. Yes, so yes. it's it's like, no. And, you know, I, I talk to people who are using Tracklight and they're like, you know, this is what you need to do. You need to add this question into like the risk assessment. And I'm like, okay. I'll just add that for everybody because it's a good idea. Like we don't customize it. And so I just wanted to share a little tiny story is I was, I was on Twitter seeing this whole debate about lawyers coding and, and, you know, I was expressing my no uh, opinion. And then 
couple days later, I go to my doctor's office and she's showing me like, here's this new system that we have and this and that. And I looked at her, I'm like, hey, so did you put this system in? And she looks at me <laughs> like I'm absolutely crazy, right? And she goes, no, I can barely get on the internet. And I know, and so, lawyers would be like, damn right, I coded that thing. Yeah, <laughs> like I did my own implementation. It's like, why, why? You can make I know, hundreds I know. of dollars an hour and you can pay a consultant whatever, yep. it's going to be less to put this in for you. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's a colossal waste of time. So I think that custom software in the legal industry is like a losing game pretty much every time. So send in your hate mail, everyone. <laughs> and do you have anything else to add on this? To defray that? No, no, but don't right. send me any hate mail. <laughs> no, no, people are writing letters to me from prison right now. Um, <laughs> all right, now let's talk to this coding thing to something else that lawyers really hate, which is time recording and billing. So one of the things you talk about is the difference between billable hours and recordable hours. So what's the difference? What does that mean? So this is another topic where I can just get really heated about this. If I see one more article that says you don't have to record your time anymore because we have <laughs> subscription fees, I, I, I've actually given up even responding to it anymore because just let's use any other industry just because you have you know you're not turning around and adding up all the hours that are spent making the ford taurus doesn't mean you know <laughs> that you wouldn't you wouldn't still track them so yeah. it, it's idiotic and Do they even make Ford Tauruses anymore? I'm I sorry. don't know. I don't know okay, why that came on. to mind. I've never sorry. owned a Ford Taurus. <laughs> it, was, it was an interesting choice of vehicle, but go ahead. Well, I was just thinking about, that's my analogy usually is as anybody produces anything, you go through and you track all the costs in there and it becomes a benchmark. My husband's in the mining industry. They have, if you look at any publicly traded mining companies, financial statements, they have a metric, which is nothing to do with financial reporting at all. Nothing to do with gap, generally accepted accounting principles. It's like an all in cost of producing gold or whatever metal. And mm. so that metric is tracked and you better believe that includes the engineering hours and all the other hours. But it doesn't mean that they sell the gold based on those hours. No, they sell it on a per ounce flat fee. So the idea that you don't record your time and that has anything to do with the supposed death of the billable hour, those are two different things that people seem to get super mixed up. And the other one yes. is people don't want to record their admin time. And that sure. data, the data of what you do in a day is gold. That's the information that you need to make decisions. Because if you're spending, let's say you're spending, I don't know, 20 hours a week giving away time or speaking or writing or whatever, and you're not recording that that's your marketing time, then how are you supposed to measure how much it costs you to acquire a client? You can't because you're missing the biggest cost. And too many attorneys think the cost of acquisition of a client or the, the cost of winning a project is just the time that the staff has spent on a proposal. And sometimes they don't even include that, but it's just like the hard cost, the how much does my website cost? How much does my AVA listing cost? Whatever it is. So, oh yeah, I'm in, I'm in lockstep on all of this. Like I think, yeah. I think attorneys kind of feel like if I'm tracking my hours, that means I have to bill by the hour but that's not necessarily the case. 
Not at all. And, you know, with Nimbus Legal, we've done some projects where there are experiments. We're like, okay, we're going to do this for you for this much money. And, you know, we do our best to estimate how much that flat fee is going to be because we have flat fees and subscription fees. So we had a disastrous one and we, you know, it didn't back up onto the client. We had to take the hit. Now, the only reason we know it's disastrous from a, from a dollar point of view is because we everyone who worked on it recorded all their time so <laughs> yes. it's it's such a fundamental business process and it's part of the philosophy of running a good business is understanding what your inputs are and what your outputs are mm-hmm. and i just can't understand anybody who's trying to say like value billing means you don't have to do any of this and <laughs> it's just it's just wrong and lawyers are not so special that you need to somehow oh, be boy. different. Oh boy, here comes the hate mail. Go on, please. <laughs> You're so not hate special. Mail me now. <laughs> You're not special because I'm a lawyer now. So I used to say this and wonder when is somebody going to say, "Hey, Mary Jutton, you're not a lawyer," uh, but now I am. So I practiced law. I was an accountant, <laughs> and I can tell you that, like thirty plus years ago, we had flat fees as an accountant, and we we recorded our time. Sadly, in mm. pencil on timesheets. Well, yeah. Well, that was the way it was back then. Yeah, in the in the in the dark ages, in the eighties. Big yeah. hair, so, timesheets. Big, <laughs> big pencils. So let me say this. There's some conflicting information on the internet, but there does appear to be a 2019 Ford Taurus redesign. So <laughs> you're actually like very current on stuff. <laughs> I don't know why I picked Ford Doris. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to make a segue out of this, but we need to take another break. So um, let's take a moment to collect ourselves here, read our hate mail, and then we'll come back for part three of the show. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at timesolve.com. That's www.timesolv, leave off the e.com. Remember, that's timesolv.com. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One's available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call yourself at 800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Thanks for coming back again. I hope you all enjoyed your chocolate chip Z-Bars. Those are amazing, by the way. And I'm calling out the Z-Bar people. Sponsorships, I'll take it. Now, let's get back to our conversation with Mary Jutton of Tracklight, who's setting me straight on how law firms can use data more effectively as we make every lawyer in America hate us. So, um, we've talked about law firm data. What's the top metric that lawyers should be monitoring, Mary? Okay, so going on the theme of making all the rest of the lawyers in America, except yes. for a few, um, <laughs> dislike us immensely. Uh, hate is such a strong word. Um, <laughs> I think the strong most dislike. <laughs> strong dislike. Um, 
the metric that every lawyer and actually everyone in business, every profession is client or customer feedback. Because without the clients, it's a cliche, but without the clients, you don't have any revenue, you don't have any cash, you don't have a business. Mm -hmm. So I think even putting in a simple net promoter score or some other question that you ask, you need to get feedback and it doesn't require any technology purchase. It's, you know, you can have something as simple as SurveyMonkey, which is free. Um, So getting that feedback and acting upon it that's gold data, no pun intended. Oh, I like that. Well played. You're on your game today, I have to say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we went a little long on the last segment, so I'm going to tidy things up here with one last question for you on this short end of the show. Who, Mary, with the premiere of Game of Thrones coming up in April, will ultimately be seated on the Iron Throne? Okay, so now I am outed. That I have never seen. Oh, shame. Shame. (laughs) One episode. Not one. Actually, that's not true. I saw like once when it was on before something else that I was watching. I saw like, I was very confused. Saw somebody cut off someone's head. Sesame Street and you're like, what's happening? Someone's being (laughs) beheaded. What is happening? It's terrible. (laughs) But I am on book number two because I mentioned my son. Uh, He has all books. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm on book number two. I'm on book number two, so I am still back at, I don't know who Jon Snow's father is, so. <laughs> Lord, my wife is going to be so, I'm going to make my wife listen to this. She's going to be really angry. Actually, I'm not that, I'm not that into Game of Thrones. I watch it because my wife watches it, mostly. I don't love it, but like, I don't really have any theories either. So now I'm like lost. I don't know. So let me say this, <laughs> like, if you're listening to this podcast, tweet at me. And tell me who you think is going to be on the Iron Throne, because I'm sure people have um, opinions on this. Wow, that was a, that was not a great way to end the podcast in retrospect. <laughs> Probably should ask you if you've seen Game of Thrones before. In any event, no. we've resurrected the four Taurus, so congratulations <laughs> to us. <laughs> well, Maybe you can get a sponsorship from Ford. <laughs> I would love to get a sponsorship from Ford. That would be great. So Ford and the company that makes Z-Bars, that's what I'm working on today. Okay. And uh, we've reached the end of yet another episode of the Legal Toolkit podcast. I promised you this would be a good one. And we've been talking to Mary Jutton of Tracklight about lawyers, data, four Tauruses, Game of Thrones, and many other things. And also about her new book called The Business of Legal, The Data-Driven Law Practice. Now, I'll be back on future shows with further insights into my soul, the soul of America, and the legal market But if you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, you can check out our entire show archive anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So thanks again to Mary Jutton of Tracklight and various other things for coming on the show today. Mary, can you tell everyone how they can find out more about you, your new book, Tracklight, and whatever else you want to tell people about that's not Game of Thrones, which you have not seen (laughs) ever? ever. Well, thank you again, Jared, for having me. And uh, if you want to find the new book, it's on Amazon. So you just put in Mary Jutton and the business of legal, it'll pop up. Uh, If you read it and you like it, please leave a review. The first book is still on there at its slightly large price. And Tracklight is T-R-A-K-L-I-G-H-T.com. If you're an attorney interested in reducing your customer acquisition cost in the business side of the law, uh, definitely reach out. And I'm always on Twitter at Mary Jutton. 
Thanks again, Jared. M-A-R-Y-J-U-E-T-T-E-N. I figured I'd do that for you. And that was the right spelling, right? Yes. Yes. Excellent. Okay. (laughs) Finally, thanks to all of you out there for listening. This has been the Legal Toolkit Podcast, where our data analytics are always on point. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.